Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 34 of season three of this osteopathic life. We are rounding out that first week in the month-long 30-day daily podcast adventure. This is number seven. I thank you for tuning in at whatever frequency has worked for you, whether it's been in real time, whether we are many months or years in the future and you're listening back to this that was recorded in November of 2021. And today, actually, I want to talk to you about returning and talk with you. And I love for you, if you are listening in real time, to respond, to share back, to find me at This Osteopathic Life on the website, through email, or on social media, and share your reflections on these concepts, on the experiences, what resonates for you, what it brings up, and what's happening for you in your life. And today, I'm looking at the concept of returning, to return to something, And where this came up for me today was today was the day I returned to the water. And as we began, and this will come up because it was such a big part of my summer season and also a big part of my life in general, being with water as a key and core part of who I am and seeing that relationship, that experience, that engagement come through will always be part of the context of the story. And as I mentioned initially, ending the daily swim challenge had this sense of restlessness, this urge to get back in the water. And that was really strong for the first day. And then relatively quickly, almost seemed impossible to have ever even happened. And a few times this week, I had the intention, the desire, the thought, the hope of going back to and into the water, and it didn't happen. And I paused and I thought about that because there were so many days in those 153 where it could have not happened, but it always did. Even if it was brief, even if it was in the margin, even if sometimes it was after dark, even in the most tumultuous conditions in the water, even in the ocean, right? A space where normally I would not have gotten in, certainly would not have put my face in, certainly would not have swum for half a mile. And yet in this past week, there were days when the time just eclipsed, It was just gone. And I thought about that particularly yesterday It was a beautiful day and it was an interesting week. As I mentioned earlier in the week, the weather was such that it seemed like a high five and an assurance from Mother Nature to say, stay inside, stay out of the water, 
right? It's snowy, it's blowy, it's freezing. Cool that you're not swimming right now. And then the last few days and yesterday in particular, it was warm, it was sunny, the water was calm, and I was called to, I was craving getting back in the water. And then certain events and experiences and responsibilities and transitions and margins were narrowed so much that it didn't happen. And so today I did reprioritize and that really is a piece of it. And yes, we can absolutely look at where there are finite amounts of time and where we may not have the opportunity. And at the same time, we can investigate for how even in those spaces where it seems so unlikely or impossible, is there perhaps more room, more control, more autonomy than we think or credit? And I offer that as an opportunity, not an accusation. And I offer it to myself as much as I offer it to you. Because many times when something doesn't happen in the day, it is a matter of prioritization. And again, that's not an accusation or a shaming or a blaming or a guilt space. It's simply saying something else was the priority and that is okay. That is okay. And acknowledging it gives us that sense of owning our current state and way of being. Now I work with physicians in the prevention and treatment of burnout. And many times there can be a sense of it's all on me. This is my fault. If I did it better, I wouldn't experience this. And that is absolutely not the case. There are truly dysfunctions within the system. And I am all for, and I'm actively working toward how to optimize, how to bring health to medicine, how to influence the system. But as we talked about yesterday as well, if we're only focused on correction and fixing problems, we do stay in a problem space. And so how can we do a little bit of both and acknowledge those dysfunctions, offer up solutions while focusing on the health and also prioritizing our own capacity and way of being an opportunity to be in the health, to see what we can do and control. In any case, today I reprioritized because the weather again was meant to be quite lovely and it just felt like it had been too long. It was time to get back and to reconnect and to experience that beauty and brilliance of being in the water. And with this time between, it almost felt more like a baptismal moment. This reunification and this experience of the cleansing, of the interface, of the integration, of the compatibility, of the reflection, of the clarity that comes from being in the water in a way that was shifted because there had been this pause and even a longer than intended pause between the last time I had been in the water and it offered to me the opportunity to see, feel, and experience it in a different way. So while I might lament having taken longer to get there, I can also appreciate the depth of the impact for having a little more distance than planned between the last time I engaged with the water and this time. And it was also different for a number of reasons. And I'll give you some of the perhaps more ridiculous ones that 
I happened to have washed and dried my hair today. I had a video interview and as the universe might in its loving and curious sense of humor, I also have been experiencing some swelling of one of my eyelids requiring me to wear glasses, which I require. My vision is quite poor without any corrective lenses and I normally wear contacts and glasses sometimes on Zoom don't look the best. They can create some distortion of face shape because of the depth of my prescription. But in any case, that was required of me. So I thought, well, right, I'll try my hair and balance out this unexpected shift in my appearance. I rearranged some of my morning plans because initially on first waking up, it did feel like my vision was impaired, likely simply because of true obstruction, because of the fullness of the eyelid. And so that was a change where I had to reprioritize and reshuffle my day at that point in time. So here, washed and dried, and I thought, well, I'm not going to dive in. And also with my eye, I'm not going to put my face in the water just yet. And so the engagement with the water was decided for me in many ways that it wasn't going to be a swim. It wasn't going to be a dive in approach. It was going to take on that engagement of the dip or the cold plunge as you might have it. So that shifted the relationship with the water already because normally I would be swimming in the water and it was definitely more favorable than it had been even in some of my final swims because the outdoor weather, the dry land weather was quite pleasant. But as I walked toward the beach, I had in my mind the frost that had been on the ground multiple days in the week prior and knowing the impact that could have on this body of water. And even though the sun was out, it was later in the day and we're on daylight savings time here, so it was getting darker sooner. And the sand was quite cold. And that can be an opportunity, a foreshadowing, a warning of what you might encounter when you walk from the dry sand to the wet sand into the water. And so it seemed quite likely that it would be a pretty chilly experience. And I didn't take our thermometer to the water side because knowing the number wasn't going to change my engagement with it. But for data collection, it could be curious. So perhaps I'll reference a website. So I got to the water's edge. I set up my clothes to change immediately following. That's one of the key solutions in navigating and tolerating the cold plunge or the extended swim season. And I set up my phone to record a time-lapse video. Somewhat because this would give me a sense of how long I was staying in the water. I didn't have a timepiece otherwise. And to document it, and it was a quite beautiful day. The water was calm. It was exquisitely clear. As you might recall in my final swims, it was really wavy. And there was so much churn and sediment that was quite unpleasant to be perfectly honest about it, on the shoreline. So it was back to being crystal clear and the surface was smooth and the blues were lovely and the colors are still changing on the peninsulas as they embrace and envelop the west arm of the bay. And so it's documenting that as well as my experience of being in the water. So I set it up and I walked in, or you could say waddled in. There may be some element of taking on the posture and the gait of the waterfowl with which I often share my swims. 
and the temperature of the water was quite cold. As soon as my feet went in, it was that prickly cold in that warning of we're not going to stay in here for a particularly extended amount of time. So I walked in and it takes a little longer to get deep enough into the water where you can actually crouch down and be submerged up to and including your shoulders. And if you've ever walked into colder water, there are those moments and there are the transition zones and there's that thought of what are we doing and the body giving feedback and the breath shortening. And I stayed with it. I stayed with that experience and walked in and got to the point where it was time to be able to just crouch down slightly to bring my shoulders in and took a deep breath and folded my hands and was in the water. I didn't know how long I would stay. As you recall, for swimming, it was 105 strokes, so that number did resonate with me. And I thought perhaps 105 breaths, which actually takes quite a while, particularly when they're slow and controlled, as we're navigating and encouraging and rebalancing and acknowledging the autonomic nervous system as it's faced with this extreme of an environment. And so I began counting breaths and I glanced down and it's so amazing to be able to see right through my toes in the sand and see the little plumes rise up when there is active movement of the feet in the water. And I made it to that halfway point and I thought, is now a good time? I said, no, I checked in. I was attuned to my body. I said, no, we can stay a bit longer. And then I got to around the 80 mark. And I thought, you know, this is quite cold. And it's early in the season and there's time to expand and extend the volume of time that is spent in the water. And so at 85, I stood up and I turned and I began to walk to the shore. And in that distance, 105 breaths were covered. And so more were because I hadn't begun counting on the way in. And I could embrace that experience. And it was interesting because as I was in the water, I faced outward. I faced the horizon and I glanced around the panorama of those colors of the blues, of the reds, golds, greens, the karma chameleon effect that was there. And at one moment, it felt like someone was there with me. And there had been some people walking along the shore. And I was curious, you know, who would be on film, if we can look at it that way, who would be in the recording that had been taken while I was in the water. And after I was out and after I was changed and warmed up, experiencing that bright pink of the skin and the prickliness and that body reconsideration of what the temperature might be, I played back the video and it turned out I was in the water about two minutes and there was a seagull who walked along the shoreline, came up near the camera and then did their own waddle into the water and swam off. And it was perfect. It was a perfect reunification. As I said, I've shared that shoreline with birds each and every time I've been there and I have some challenges with feathered friends. I'm learning to embrace them in different ways. And so it was a fantastic sharing of that experience. 
And as I walked up to the water initially, I had the melody of Sounds of Silence in my head and the opening line of Hello, water, my old friends. I've come to be with you again. And that really is how it felt. It felt like a reunion. And as I messaged my friend David, who had made the original video of the finale swim of the challenge, I mentioned that I was back to the water and I shared this video with him. And he reflected back to me, right? Like going back to see the old friend. And I said, exactly, where I had that lyric in my head. And we share a love of the written word and of poetry. And as I was moved to share this video for the sweetness of this seagull, having a moment and sharing the experience and for always offering up that happy space and place, that particular view of that shoreline with the land masses in the distance. It's one of the spaces that brings me the most joy that helps me to see and feel and being able to share that is a great gift. And so I extended that lyric as it felt appropriate. And so opening with that, hello, water, my old friends, I've come to be with you again for the connection that you have formed, calling us to stand along your shore feeling solace that you grant unto our souls makes us whole as we are one with all things. And if you'd like to put that to the melody of Sounds of Silence, I don't think I'll sing here on this installment tonight, although it's not out of the question in future moments. But letting those words be there, even without the melody, to let them be enhanced with the melody and simply recognizing that act in the power and the quality of water and also in the experience of the return, the return to that routine, the return to the honoring of that relationship, the return to being with those creatures for whom the water is home and for those who are ready to begin their travels to shift away from this particular body of water, but knowing that will anchor them in their destination and seeing that power of water and its connectivity for all of us, all across the globe, all stages and ways of being. And that reminder that we are ever returning to ourselves and to each other and being able to tune into that to be present to that, to be part of that. And knowing that we are and also being able to see and feel and acknowledge it in the way that makes sense and that resonates. And even there, as I say, makes sense. As I share with you, I spend a lot of time in the thinking world. Many of us do. We are cerebral, we are analytical, we are logical, we are rational. And being able to honor and respect that there's purpose and there's function there as long as here I am putting a condition on it it isn't to the detriment or the avoidance or the ignorance not in the offensive way we often can relate to that word 
of the feelings in the true lived experience of something. Because while I did count, I counted breaths, I really didn't think of anything other than being in the water during that time. And you can say that's because it was quite cold. And the call was to be very much in and tuned into my body and its response so that I stayed in for an appropriate amount of time. I exited when it was appropriate and necessary for me. And even glancing down at my feet, there wasn't so much this thought of what it was and what was happening. It was really this visioning, this feeling, physically, sensation-wise, and also emotionally, energetically, feeling connected to that sandy bottom, to the water in the surround, to that sense of being held in something so much greater than myself, and knowing that it is directly connected to all these other droplets and bodies of water. And this I'm reflecting on now. I didn't think of all those things while there. I simply felt myself being in the water. I saw myself submerged in the water and I was simply part of it. And that return is something I don't often experience. And on this day, I felt connected in new ways, largely to myself, because that is my reference point. That's what I have direct access to in this moment. And through this process of being in the water, that sense of being connected to myself was very clear that in enhancing and experiencing that to a greater degree really meant I was experiencing the connection and not in the way of external attachments, but that submersion, right? That oneness, that active, when a droplet enters into the larger body of water, it is no longer identifiable as independent. It is part of the whole. It's making its own unique contribution, but it is integrated with all that's around it. And it so happens, and we could say coincidentally, or we could really say, of course, absolutely, and purposefully, I saw a post from a dear friend, and I hadn't in quite some time, and we could think about algorithms, but it simply felt like, of course, this is the moment that this is being revealed. And I simply, right, hearted the post, and we could talk about social media interaction and engagement, but that was the action. That was really the feeling put into a tangible way of being in the world. And as I moved into the act of walking the dogs today, because I reprioritized, the bicycling wasn't going to happen because I didn't want to challenge myself and any lack of vision right, when I was going to take on a new task and course and way of being with my bicycle. So I decided to extend the walk of my dogs to celebrate the beautiful day and the earlier sunrise. And I was with the thoughts with this friend with whom I haven't spoken in quite some months. 
And I mentally crafted different messages and I was actively on a walk. And so I wasn't sending them via any direct medium and thinking about the return and the reconnection and simply taking out the re and thinking of the connection and the oneness and the acknowledgement and the timing of it. And when I returned home later, there was a message to me from that friend, basically in the same words. So the message I had sent had been sent back to me and I acknowledged it and affirmed it. And we recognized that this was the time for the return. And we could look at the time between as a loss, as a gap, as a problem, as a disconnect. But just as these additional days between having been in the water consistently and so wholeheartedly and in such a deep and meaningful and continuous and purposeful relationship that so quickly shifted and seemed like, how did this ever even fit in? Like, how did I make this happen? But also noticing that that time between, even when intentional perhaps at first and then unintentional and then seemingly out of my grasp and then desiring the return but not being able to make it happen, And then in this moment, for having had that additional space between, the richness and depth of it in a new way with greater understanding and greater sense of oneness, that, of course, that is how it transpired. And as I think about the return, and as I put it into the context, and it's interesting, I even pause now as I share this idea of thinking about something because I am in a place of shifting so that thinking isn't the predominant way of being. I'm not discounting it, not taking it away, not abandoning it entirely, but it's fascinating to even just notice right now this desire and this awareness of experiencing, of being, of feeling in a different way. So it's becoming available in new ways and examining other relationships and looking at and being with the work that I have the pleasure and the privilege of doing, of seeing the ways in which I engage with and show up in the world and seeing both the power of being one with the water and one with all things. Seeing the depth and the force of those waves in those final days of swimming and knowing that is part of it. Seeing absolute tranquility and clarity of the water today and knowing that is part of the experience. To feel as I can't even say insignificant, but to feel as small even doesn't feel right. I'm hesitating and struggling to find what word, but to see that component of the droplet and to own that piece of it, however small, minuscule, insignificant, all those ways we might 
look at being such a tiny portion. But also knowing that equality and the importance of that droplet and all the others, the beauty of it and the clarity of it, and also knowing right, that that droplet is just as much a part of the whole and that the whole is a part of it. And seeing that reciprocal relationship emerge and engage. And that is the return that happens today, that's happening all the time. And that's the space and place to which I'd like to tune in, to notice, to embrace, to welcome, to feel, to experience. And perhaps it will occur that it's also an experience that I analyze and to which I give words. Although even as I consider that, that feels less the inclination. There is less of a desire to explain it, to understand it, but in wider opening to know it. And that, I think, is a gift of a return. We think of the return as going back to what was. But what if return can be coming into what is, what always has been, what can be in a new way through the lens and the experience of the wisdom of all that's brought you to this space right now and into this present moment with a new perspective, taking in that panorama, welcoming those who chaperone and join you on the experience subtly or very purposefully, and just seeing what will transpire when we're open to the return, when we're willing to accept whatever time has elapsed between the initial visit and the subsequent one, and to see the gift that does emerge when we embrace that opportunity. Tomorrow, we will begin the journey of exploring the activation process. I'll bring forward the bits and pieces of that that seem appropriate to give you insight into that. I'd love to hear from you, your experience as we engage with it. And it will be a segue, an invitation, an opening into that which will be shared in the book in 2022. So I thank you again for engaging with me, for returning with me to the podcast each day this month and each episode as it arises. And I look forward to seeing all that emerges through the course of this experience. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.